Good morning and a happy Friday to you folks, and I don't know about you, but I could use a little bit of cheer, joy, and festivity into my Friday in the swirling anxiety happening around Shale Play USA. It is quite a moment in time, and we can easily get lost in our problem-solving, our mental blocks, our ruminations, if you will. Sometimes we can even feel guilty about being happy. Ever been there before? I have. Feeling guilty about being happy? Have you heard of anything so ridiculous? How dare I enjoy this piece of pizza while the world is ending? Go ahead, take a bite. It's another relaxed moment that will pass without relief. Day-to-day, life can feel like an onslaught of problems coming at you, like an automatic pitching machine. Then again, we can't stay caught up in what's wrong. We're denying whatever has to be addressed, and if we immerse ourselves in simple pleasure, that keeps us moving. It's that clear-sighted sense of appreciation and joy that keeps us strong and resilient. Now, folks, let's get this Friday started. All right. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Friday, Friday, welcome folks to It's Friday here at the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. Thank you folks down in Texas listening on your battery-powered phones right now. Boy, those solar... off your uh, diesel Jenny. I've said for years, you can go back five years now when I started getting on my soapbox against solar and wind about the subsidies. The solar industry... Truly, the only thing that they've been able to bring us at an affordable rate is a very good cell phone charger camping charger. Man, those are really good. Yeah, those They're about like 20 bucks, yeah. 30 bucks. You put them out, they charge your cell phone. That's We were told that was supposed to be the solar panels. Yeah, Folks, welcome to the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. Happy Friday. We're here today. It's Friday. We're a little bit loose. Trying to be, you know, be sensitive of things down in Texas because we're up here in North Dakota where this kind of stuff happens a lot, but not like this. Not like this because Texas has got bigger issues from the grid to the infrastructure to the politics to the finger pointing to the water. Woo doggy. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I'm a lot of my friends, a lot of the Ramco Brat friends I stay in touch with are down in the Houston area. Yeah. And, uh, you know, by the way, those people join us for the first time. Ramco Brats are. Okay. So, yeah, I lived in Saudi Arabia for about 20 years uh, when my dad worked for an oil company, Saudi Aramco. And Ramco Brats are people that lived over there, whether they worked there or, like me, grew up over there. So, a lot of them, understandably, you know, live in the Texas area. And just to, I, I like to mention, because I love this, because I'm a huge community guy and uh Dahran is where you grew yeah. up Dahran Saudi Arabia and folks get this when he was there everybody that was a population person of Dahran a citizen was an employee of Ramco yeah it was a company town I mean now there was a teacher who technically 
Were they employees of Ramco too? Ramco employed everybody there. So they they brought in the teachers and everybody. Yeah. So that's even uh, even the contractors were brought in by Aramco. Right. Know, they so. might have been ten ninety nine, but yeah, they were okay. Like yeah. But yeah. No. I mean, you're talking um, incredible dental. It was Lit- all free. Incredible medical. All free. Hospital. Top of the line. But I like this the five thousand foot view of boy. You can't get any more of a literal oil and gas community no. than that. No. It was like an international Norman Rockwell esque small town. I mean, it really. Was it was a trip, man? So a lot of us, anyway. you know, uh, a lot of us moved back to Texas. So you guys are scattered all over the all place, all over the world, really. But there's a big concentration in Houston, really big concentration. You've got like a, almost like a high school alumni network system that uh, you're called the Ram- Ramco Brats. Yeah. Because yeah. you're all brats of uh, rich oil and gas people. <laughs> <laughs> well, it stretches back about 70-some years or so, you know. That, so you've got multi-generational. But I got friends down there that, you know, they're no strangers to cold weather, but it, it makes a big difference when you can't get out because of the ice, when yep. your pipes are bursting, you know, when there's no well, water to begin with. And here's the other part that's interesting about the, the Ramco brats that I found is... Keep in mind, folks, the the kids did not work for the oil and gas companies. Okay, no. The parents did. Yeah. So when the kids grew up, some went and worked in oil and gas. Yeah. Some didn't. You've never worked in oil and gas. No, but a lot of my friends, actually, uh, probably a half dozen right now, live in Dahran, and they work as oh. teachers. They work for Aramco. They're engineers. Oh, you're no, they've gone back, and yeah. So... Uh, you know, there's somebody def- works at the Quickie Mart, probably <laughs> employed by Ramco. Well, whatever the commissary, the commissary is, right? right? The commissary, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Quickie Mart. And uh, <laughs> but so uh, you've you've been talking with because uh, you guys have a Facebook page and yeah. you stay in touch. Yeah. You guys aren't on LinkedIn, no, but no. you're on Facebook. Now you keep talking about this LinkedIn. Well, is that I, like MySpace. Or I, what? Uh, yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Jack Donaghy makes fun of it. That's what. Um, that was all it took for me. But no, I got, you know, friends down there where uh, one of them today posted something where the recommendation was boil your water before you drink it. And this is down in Houston. This is down in Houston. And her response, because she's been dealing with mostly blackouts, but now rolling blackouts, was, okay, how do I boil water? I don't have water and I don't have electricity. You know, so what was it? Go down to the creek? Hang on. Outdoor Adventures, Ken Lavin. Check out his YouTube page. (laughs) Yesterday's guest, Ken Lavin, Outdoor Adventures. He's got all your boiling water needs. Oh, yeah. Actually, he'll probably show you how to do it, him and his kid. (laughs) That's a good plug. I saw a stick of opportunity. I had to pick it up. That's perfect. Well, because those sticks of opportunity can make fire. And down in down in Texas, fire is a big deal. Huh? Huh? Wordplay? Wordplay? Transition words? I'm a writer, folks. You know, we... We live with extreme winter all the time, but we have never in the decade plus I've lived here had to deal with this kind of a long power outage. I mean, it would be catastrophic up here in our negative 30 degree wind chills. Yeah. So, folks, listen, yesterday we had Ray Scott on Senator Ray Scott of Colorado, and he had uh, some things to talk about about the Wyoming succession. But he also, it was interesting because he got into Texas. You know, he, yeah. he had an opinion or two about it because they're fighting the similar battles when it comes to renewable versus fossil fuels and, and you know, pointing fingers. And, and he agrees with me that right now is a time where we shouldn't get into the finger pointing quite yet make your notes oh man get your notes ready yeah. Yeah. but right now there's there are people without water and they don't know how to boil boil water so or they don't have the ability to boil the water r- right you know? so we need to divert this energy 
to the person who needs help boiling the water right now, and then after everybody gets their power back and everything, then we can start Hatfield and McCoy in it. Well, we can start you know, fighting then. It's easier for us because we're on the outside looking in on it. Because, right. But, I mean, shoot, just in the last couple of days, I've learned about things I never knew about. EGART or, you know, ERCOT, the Reliability Council of Electricity in Texas, that kind of stuff. Never knew about it. Speaking of Friday, Maxwell's. Yeah. Maxwell's oh, what are they Diner, Escargot, your, your favorite. Oh, man. My favorite, oh, uh, Escargot. Sorry, you said egret, which is a bird. <laughs> right. And it's some, it's some, some sort of connection. Electrical overs, oversight agency in Texas that's going to be apparently dissolved by next week. I don't think they're going to be around long. I'd like to know if any of the people on that board of reliability, do What's they it have called? power ERGOT? Right it's, it's the ERGOT. It's the Energy Regulatory... Group? It's the Electric Reliability Council of Texas. I didn't get one word right. No, but you were there on letters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I didn't so, get you know, one we're, word. We're joking right. about this, obviously, but you know this is uh, this is one of those things that I think a lot of people had no idea existed. Dude, this is play hard. We're having coffee know, here. Right? We're just talking about the Dude, news. Thank you for this coffee, too. This is tell us about this coffee. This is thirty dollars coffee. Right it there. is thirty dollars coffee. So when I was in uh, Weld County. In Greeley, Colorado, mm. um, uh, yeah, I, I got a, I got a gift because I am a very big Willie Nelson fan. I don't know if you know this. I do. I'm a very big Willie Nelson fan. As am I. Willie I'm a Nelson. very big Johnny Cash fan. I'm a very big Waylon Jennings fan. I'm a very big Merrill Haggard fan. Yeah. Okay. All good ones. The day. Icky Bricky Hart hit the airwaves was the day country music died. <laughs> Dude, I, I repeat, totally agree. I would totally the agree. The day Icky Bricky Heart hit the airwaves was the day country music died. Now, you get an occasional Sturgill Simpson that'll pop up, you know, that's kind of the roots of old country music. It's still okay. out there. You just got to dig deep they're, now. They're, yeah, they're, they're, you, you, a blind squirrel finds an acorn every now Dude, and then. Dude, when Johnny Cash, when Willie Nelson, when those guys were at the forefront of that genre, you you couldn't help but listen to good country music. It wasn't even country music. It was music. It was music. It didn't need a label. No. Okay. It was just music, Kenny man. Started out, man. He had kind of like a rock band that turned into a country band that turned. I mean, do you it was know? Just music. Do you know how cool Willie Nelson is? Dude, okay. I love the guy. Do you know how cool he is? Love the guy. This is a true story, folks. You can Google this. Okay. There's some judge down in Texas that would not have it. That Willie Nelson was going to get fined or this and that. So he allowed Willie Nelson to sing Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain as a way to get out of a fine in court. Oh, now, there's, that's that about... That song always kind of chokes me That's up about too. 80% of the story's accurate. 20% is just kind of <laughs> right. embellished. That's probably a kickback, too. But the fact of the matter is, is that Willie Nelson was able to use his song as a currency to sway a Texas judge. That's awesome. I think... So, Anyway, the gift I got... The gift you got? ...was uh, CBD coffee. What does CBD stand it's for? It's the uh, opposite of the THC in pot. Okay, so in, it's that in stuff cannabis. I see in the oils at gas stations. Yes, yeah, CBD. It's everywhere, everywhere. And there's no THC in this right, coffee. It's a CBD coffee by Willie Nelson. It's like 30 bucks a bag. Oh, dude, sign me up. It's so excellent it coffee. Was a, it, it was a gift. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate it. Great coffee. Apparently, I don't know is it... You know, uh, I had colon cancer, so maybe it, it'll help my colon with the coffee. I'll tell you, it's really smooth. I mean, really, it's a nice blend. It I'm is not trying very to show for good. It. 
But uh, I wouldn't normally pay more than a couple of bucks for coffee. No, I, I like to have some decent coffee, but I also have limits. Like when I was in Maui, they've got Kona coffee, and that's like 30 bucks a bag, okay? Now, you can get the 10% Kona coffee, and that'll be about the same price as a bag of Starbucks, it's right? Like getting a Cuban cigar versus getting a Cuban-esque uh, cigar. Yeah, if you had 10% of the Cuban cigar in there, because they just they filter in the sweepings, basically. You get the floor sweepings, you know? It's, it's the shake. Pressed peanut <laughs> sweepings. You get that for for the shake. The shake. Boy, your mind is in Colorado. I just got back from Colorado. What does that mean? Signs that say shake special, fifty bucks and oh. Shakes. What does that mean? I have no idea. That I know the, all of those words are English. Is that like the Mc, McDonald's uh, green shake? Yeah, I was going to say, back? is it a shake shack? The mix shake though, the mint shake that's green, right? Man, yeah. So because it said green, it, it would say green shake. Green shake. It must be St. Patrick's Day special. Huh. Fifty dollars is a lot for a milkshake. Maybe though. it's a yogurt place. Could be. I, I mean, I don't know, man. My only thought was Pulp Fiction five dollar milkshake. Dollar milkshake. So my thought was some you know some yeah. broacherpreneur yeah. in Colorado <laughs> decided to come out with fifty dollar milkshake. Well, there's a lot of. Water. I can't think of what else fifty dollars shake for an O would be. Dude, that better be a damn good shake. That's all I'm going to say. No, $50 milkshake. <laughs> oh, man, that's brilliant. Sure this is CBD uh, coffee? Yeah, it's really, it's relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're talking about... Uh, Friday, Friday, Friday. Friday. Okay. And we talk about Elon Musk in the news, and we talk oh. about Bill Gates, because everybody's got an opinion about what's been happening in Texas. It's time for some pedestal preaching. But some idol worshiping. I'm just thinking about... You know, you, I think, you think Musk is positioning himself for some sort of political run. I do. You do. I do. I. He knows how to talk smack really well. He does. And he's setting himself up to be on both sides of the equation. He's the Tesla car owner that likes natural gas in Texas to make rocket fuel. Right. So he's he's, going to change the Republican Party. Right. I want to talk about somebody that about, what, four years ago, maybe as long as six ago years ago, you were calling out. So this just came up in the news. I don't know if you've seen it yet because you've been on the road. Well, no, we talked about this yesterday. About The Rock? Yeah, remember we pushed it to today. I don't let's do it now. Okay. Yeah, let's okay. do it now. Okay. So he says... I'm ready to talk okay. about The Rock. He would run for I'm president. I'm smelling what you're cooking. If, and I quote, that's what the people wanted. All right? Dwayne The Rock Johnson has opened up about whether he'd consider an eventual run for president. I would consider a presidential run in the future if that's what the people wanted, he told USA Today. Truly, I mean that. And I'm not flipping in any way with my answer, Johnson added. Can I time out for a second? Yeah. Okay, because my prediction has been he's going to call it the People's Party. Dude, it's Okay, he's the People's Champ. It's a bumper sticker. The People's Elbow. The People's Party. It's, It's unbelievable. I will be there first in line volunteering. I will be there so quickly. Dude, the G20 will be a Royal Rumble. It'll be awesome. Well, Musk would be a really good opponent, and they would actually be able to bring civility back to discourse combatively. Combative civility. Exactly. You know what I mean? Honorable combat. Verbal combat. When when Trump and anybody, especially... um, Bernie Sanders, okay. Mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders is a very uh, um, opinionated, 
<laughs> and because because he's an old crotchety in nature, old kind of you know, seems like he's been that age for like fifty years too. Dude, he seems like the R version of grumpy old men. <laughs> you know what I mean? He just seems like he he's the grandpa that's just going to yell is at he you the for Burgess everything. Guy he, I, listen, I like, God bless her. Turn Bernie's, off the lights, damn it! Listen, I like Bernie Sanders because he's an independent. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and I get it, and he's a self proclaimed socialist. I'd never vote for him. No, but he's got sort of that Ron Rand Paul. But sort on, of feel on the to flip him. side, you got Ron and Rand Paul, exactly. right? And Pick your Ron flavor. Paul, I would vote for. Okay, he's I'm I'm more of a libertarian. That's just yeah. me. Okay, I'll show you my cards. That's fine. I'm, I had a I, chance to vote I, for him. Nevada. I believe in personal accountability versus Bernie Sanders believes in the state should control everything. Yeah. That's that's socialism. You know, they tell you when to get up and what is that great um, uh, King of the Hill. King of the Hill, uh, Bill Dotrieve, the the dim-witted army guy. Oh, yeah, it's army's great. Tell you when to get up, when to eat. <laughs> just, I mean, he's just listed it like it's just no big deal, Wait, you know? Some people respond really well to that kind of uh, Dude, that's control, the way, it, absolutely, yin and yang. Yeah. This is not new. No. Nothing, ain't nothing new no, under the sun, folks. It. Nothing new about um, it. But I want to get back to The Rock here. Dude, so I want to get back to The Rock. Come on, I, now, tell I, me about I, it. I believe The Rock and Elon Musk are going to duke it out. And there'll probably be a third party. That's fine. Okay. And and I believe it might be The Rock as the third party. And maybe The Rock will be the Democrat. And maybe Elon Musk will be, be the Republican. Either way, they're going to be able to approach it in a way where it's not vitriol. Okay? Because Bernie Sanders slang, uh, slung and slang a lot of vitriol. Yeah. Donald Trump slang and slung a lot of vitriol. Yeah. Okay? Both sides did it. Okay. Well, and you you immediately get a chunk of the population that tunes out or negatively well, responds totally. to it. You know, so they're going to bring an entertainment factor mm-hmm. that Trump ushered in. Yeah. Okay, and well, maybe Ronald Reagan did. For all I, think, I know, I think Reagan helped creak the door. I mean, oh. he certainly made it acceptable that you could have somebody come from that kind of entertainment background. Yeah, and I mean... And we, be an effective leader. And we could argue Sonny Bono did it in California to even, you know... It's much smaller on, Well, scale. on the state. Kind of like how the Colorado blueprint is happening in Colorado for the banning of uh, fossil fuels and different, yeah. you know, backdooring it. California had its uh, regulations. California, uh, New, uh, New York did. Mm-hmm. But California, or Colorado, is the one that really... Took it from a, a, it's where it a seems new, to sort of be emanating. It's like a test lab. It's a new level. Yeah. Um, so you know, you can say Sonny Bono did it on some level too. Uh, point is that that immediately makes me wonder where where Dwayne the Rock Johnson stands on that. He is going to, no pun intended, rock people's world. No, he's the real deal. Well, he's here's, clearly proven he's a good speaker. Here's why he's going to win. He's going to get the female vote. Okay, not only is he successful mm-hmm. in business and he dresses appropriately, mm-hmm. okay? He knows, he knows how to wear a shirt and he knows how to make fun of him when he has a fail. Yeah. So he's self-deprecating. Women love that, right? Oh, yeah. The other thing is he's in business with his ex-wife. He actually is in... He, well, first of all... I didn't know that. Yeah, he's amical. Right. Am, would you pronounce that word for amicable. me? Amicable. Thank you. That's why I'm here, folks. With his ex-wife. Yeah. Secondly, they, they operate a business together. Thirdly, they go on tours together a lot of time and sit side by side and speak. Well, you listen to him. I mean, I've grown up with him, right? But one of the things that I always liked about him is that in the world of wrestling or outside of it, he always felt like 
He makes you feel kind of safe. He's not scary. He makes you feel safe. And the way he comports himself, the way he acts, you know, you feel like there's somebody standing up on the stage for you, for the so, people, man. He's he, we got to remember he came from wrestling when it was improv. It's like, yeah, that's right. Well, I remember it wasn't the, scripted. Remember one of the first pictures of him with his fanny pack on? It was yeah, oh yeah. And <laughs> re- wrestling, you know, used to be curb your enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. It's just okay. Here's we're going to kind of do this. We're going to kind of do that. Throw up against the wall. But, see what happens. But you had to whose line is it anyway? The whole way. Yeah. I mean, you were making stuff up live in the ring in front of people. It's not easy. I mean, these, that, to that, create a persona, folks. There's a reason I have respect for. Listen, I don't watch much wrestling when there's not fans and this and that. But I've got a lot of respect for their talent and their art, and it is an art. And The Rock is an artist. Well, and some of these guys, have he's an a, entertainer. A certain charisma that goes above and beyond that wrestling world. He is so electric, mm-hmm. he, and to be in a room with him, which I have been, wow. it, you can feel it. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's 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 that next level, and. So well, when my he, kids love him now just because he's been in movies. And, the, and they'd he, never seen him as a wrestler. They when, know him as the hero. When he went to Saturday Night Live, that springboarded him. Yeah. Sprungboarded him mm-hmm. to the next level when he did uh, People's the Monkey. Yeah. People's. <laughs> I think it was. Whoever it was. Yep. The Monkey Boy. And he did some other things. And he's just fantastic. Um, another thing about The Rock, and this is why I think he's going to win, is he created the word SmackDown. It's now in the dictionary. Do you know how cool that is? Like, the only person that's, like, cooler than that is Stephen Colbert. He's got, like, a spider named after him and a star. And, you know, and he was just, he was just, quote, unquote, whoring himself out there to anybody to name it after Stephen Colbert. And and so The Rock, actually, the word SmackDown, that's him. So he's got a new show coming out. Yeah, Young Rock. It's already out. I know, right? So that's, I haven't seen it yet, but all of a sudden with this, I'm like, okay, does that mean... Is it like a? Is it like launch the book tour type of thing? So no, what this does, and I texted a bunch of people when I I saw. Do you think the these young, are feelers? The Young Rock came out. Oh no! I texted people. I sent the link that the Young Rock is coming out, and I said this solidifies it. He's running. Wow! Because what it's doing now is it's framing the narrative for his childhood. Mm-hmm. It's talking about it's how story. he's just relatable and he oh yeah he's gonna have four years yeah. or three years or two years or whatever to create a relatable rock if you are him what better way to do that than through the medium that everybody knows you as right and he he's cool with the fast and furious yeah. he's got us nerds with wrestling mm-hmm. okay i mean we're we're a cult man you go on YouTube and type in like top 10 wrestling pops, which is a, a crowd. It's a, it's a term for crowd noise. Okay. The rock like is like decibel pops is like the top three. Oh, yeah. Oh, I believe he, it, man. he comes back and the roof just explodes. Dude, I've watched a bunch of his movies because my kids love him right ever since they heard him in Moana as the voice mm-hmm. of that guy. And he's um, in that. Right. So we watch a bunch of movies that if there were anybody else, they'd just be completely forgettable. But he he brings that charisma. What I'm about to tell you may be the reason why he will be the next president of the United States. Are you ready for this? We heard it here. Let's hear it, folks. Do you have any idea how cool it is going to be to have the first Samoan president? Samoan. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? Well, you know, I mean, if you want to go down that road, he checks a lot of boxes, man. You know who graduated from the University of Samoa? Better call Saul. Land crabs. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> it was at Sand Crabs. Sand Crabs. <laughs> <laughs> Two days in a row, Dude, Better you, Call you Saul. Are, you are on it with the Saul connections here. Until we get that Man. class action lawsuit <laughs> against the president for those executive orders, we're going to keep plugging Better Call Saul. We should start a GoFundMe site for him. God, right. that'd be great. Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> no, yeah. So we can send him to legal school. And we'll, get, school. We'll, and we'll get Tobias as a therapist. And we can get that uh, Bob Odenkirk and uh, oh, man, um, David Cross. That would be perfect. Th- that was a duel. Was it really? Oh, no. They've got a whole duel. Oh, that's right. They, they, bunch, they, of, they, bunch of shows. They went on the road together that's for right. years. Yeah. They were roommates yeah. and all kinds of... Sorry, folks. Sidebar. Total quick. sidebar. But so, yeah. okay. Getting back, back to, to the, the rock. rock, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah what's see. the news story say? Well, basically, it's just sort of trending on that. It's saying that... Uh, He's promoting his new uh, NBC series based on his life called Young Rock. And uh, where in the year 2032, he launches a presidential run. In real life, the decision to run for president would be up to the people, he said. So I would wait and I would listen. I would have my finger on the pulse, my ear to the ground. Back in 2017, the former pro wrestler said there was a real possibility he would run for president. He was courted back in 2008 by the Republicans. Did it say that in the story? It says, in the past, Johnson, who is registered independent, spoke at the Republican National Convention in 2000 and attended the Democratic National Convention the same year. And most recently, he endorsed President Joe Biden during his 2020 run. He said, as a registered independent for years now with centrist ideologies, I do feel that Vice President Biden and Senator Harris are the best choice to lead our country, and I'm endorsing them to become president and vice president. Well, and see, that's why I, I think... That was huge. That's the first time he's ever done anything like that. Right, and that's when I thought, okay, maybe he will not have a third party, and maybe he will run as a Democrat. Gosh, I hope he does run. As, we need a viable third party. Well, and, and that's why I think he's still going to maybe consider that uh, if, the, the if the people want it yeah. type thing. He'll he'll just step, 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 yeah. step it along because now, folks, I'm going to tell you something here. OK, and I'm not kidding you. This is no bullshit. This is and so much. I swore. OK, I swore. He swore. So if you go to Peacock. The new streaming network? It's fresh. It's fresh. It's funny. (laughs) If you go to Peacock, the new streaming network, I do believe the WWE content is now available on Peacock. Okay, huge deal. So you can go to WWE and and watch this. But there is a documentary on The Rock. Okay? There's a documentary, and I believe it's Rock versus Cena. Okay? There's like three on The Rock, and they're all good. Yeah. But the one I'm specifically talking about is The Rock versus Cena. And what it did is it followed the social media and it followed the behind the scenes of the marketing behind things to where The Rock came out and called John Cena, made fun of him and said, you look like a big bowl of Fruity Pebbles. (laughs) Well, pretty soon John Cena was now on the cover of Fruity Pebbles. Right. Okay, that did not exist before The Rock. That's the Rock created that. Man. The WWE and Fruity Pebbles jumped on it. John Cena now became on the cover of Fruity Pebbles. Boom. So The Rock, they were noticing back then, had that kind of influence. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah, I see it. So The Rock then, and this is no kidding, they started Andy Kaufman in it. Hmm. They, started, they started messing with Twitter. Okay? The Rock would go out there on WWE... But he also understood the power of the, 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 the audience, okay? Mm-hmm. The, the Twitters and all that other stuff. And he would make up stuff. 
Hashtag boots up the ass. Boots and asses. Just to get... He, uh, things that were outrageous. And the, and during the documentary, they'd come in and show him afterwards. They're like, Rock, you, tr- you trended number one on Twitter. This is back in 2006. Wow. Okay? The Rock was understanding the uh, Al Gore rhythm. Al Gore's rhythm. <laughs> Did, <laughs> Did Al Gore ever have rhythm? Al Gore invented the internet so much they call it the Al Gore rhythm. Dude, that is the most Isn't that so funny? boring jazz band ever, Al Gore and the rhythms. But the rock, the rock was understanding how to work the social media algorithm with the audience of the people. Back in two thousand and whatever is six, seven, or eight, I forget when he wrestled John well, Cena. You know, he's always he's always been savvy. I mean, that that's what you get. But he's smart. Guy. Yeah, well, no, that's what I mean. He's, he's just, just and Vince, who normally doesn't like to let his wrestlers go, he told The Rock, "Go grab that brass ring out right. in Hollywood." Yeah, and The Rock did. He's been the number one draw for what five years in a row. I think so. He's the sexiest man. So the president's next brass ring for him to grab. Yeah, you know, and it's it's funny because a lot of times I'd be totally dismissive of that type of personality coming in and just sort of doing it. But, you know, everything I know about him, it's and the fact that I've spent the last 20 years of my life growing up with him, I'm like, why not? I believe what you said is totally true. He would be... He would stand up for what he wants, whatever he believes in, and he'd be assertive, but he'd be civil. Mm-hmm. Because... He's confident. He doesn't need to be a name caller. He doesn't need to be to vitriol. Dude walks into a room and he's, I mean, come on, he's the friggin' rock. I said, you know, for years that Jon Stewart and Stephen Colbert would be probably the most unstoppable presidential ticket, okay? And the reason I said that is obviously for their... It was had nothing to do with their political leanings. Had nothing to do with it. Okay, and the idea was is well, Colbert was supposed to be the Republican, and Stewart was supposed to be the liberal. It's so unity party. So you have the unity party. Yep. But more importantly, they're improv actors. Yeah. They both come out of improv. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you're an improv actor, you've got a leg up on a politician. Now, a politician is a good speaker, but they have a box that they have to stay in. An improv actor is a good speaker, and they got no box. Yeah. They got no box and no shame. Absolutely. <laughs> More importantly, no shame. Well, it's like the ability to meet the moment. You know, I think that's one of the things growing up that I really recognized about Reagan was that he was able to combine an effective communication most of the time with, uh, you know, with themes that resonated with everybody. And I think that's, you know, you've got sort of that similar type of thing with somebody like The Rock. He's established himself long enough that there's this comfort level. It's not just name recognition, but talk about a dude that knows how to manage a brand. He's, he's, he's easily the smartest and the most um, respected person of our generation, without a doubt. I, I don't think I could argue. I mean, that. honestly, and I put him up there with the Steve Jobs minds because yeah. Yeah, for, for his lack of innovation, if you will, his ability to understand an audience and, and his ability to connect is honestly like no one else's I've ever seen in my life. 
Like, like Bill Gates rubs people the wrong way. Yeah. Steve Jobs was a flat out asshole. Yeah. Okay. And these are, this was his, from his best friend Wozniak. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Went on a tour. I think that was called Steve Jobs is an asshole. I think was yeah. what it was called. So this is not news here, well, but a lot of geniuses often are, but the rock, like I said, he goes on tour with his ex-wife mm. and they're talking about how, yeah, they didn't get along, but they get along. They figured out a place to get along. Yeah, that's why he's going to win. Well, that's you know that's somebody who's practical. That's somebody who looks at solutions. You know, that's somebody who, if he doesn't know something, he's curious and he learns about it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'd like to see in leadership for a while. You know, they I don't just have, to think, have an answer for everything. I'm just going to find it funny that now all the people who told me that I was effing crazy <laughs> for the last six seven years yeah. are now going to try to educate me. I love that. This is a, this yeah. is this is the part I love about you know being being a little bit of a prophet. Well, I, dude, but at least 2015, which is around the time I think I first met you, one of the first political talks we ever had, you were like, "I believe the Rock's going to run for president." You're like, "I don't know if it's going to be 2016. I don't know if it's going to be 2020." He's going to run for president. And we were talking about how he had so many commitments because he actually came out in like 2017 and said, you know, right now I've got too many other things I'm doing. So, dude, I'll follow. (laughs) I actually thought he was going to run in 2020 against Trump until the pandemic happened. And then just things changed and and everything. And and then I kind of pulled back a little bit from that prediction. And and, and I see it's either going to be three years or it's going to be, you know, eight I don't think he's the type of guy that runs for senator or governor. Oh, maybe governor. But here's the other thing that The Rock and Elon Musk do, uh, which I do believe that'll be the ticket. I do believe that. That And you're hearing it right now, folks. Just nuts. Is that's going to bring back people to politics. There's a lot of people turned off right now. A lot of people are completely turned off on both sides, all sides, and and local elections to everything. Okay. And this will bring people back. It's and it's you know they talk about the great reset. Mm-hmm. That's what this is going to be because Musk is bringing electric cars and really more of that all the above type of energy mindset mm-hmm. to the Republican Party. So he's going to be bringing in a lot of Democrats with him. Well, you know, he immediately crosses the political line because of his business. Well, they're redoing it. There's, yeah, well, I mean. I knew more, you know, okay, I just came from Colorado this week. I know more pot supporters that would love Trump, that love Trump. Mm -hmm. They, okay, there are certain issues where you're you're a one part, you're a single single issue voter. voter, Okay, you got... You got guns, gods, and gays. Right. Okay, the three Gs. That's how we used to say it in the seventies. I know it's eighties yeah, it's and nineties yeah. and two thousands, <laughs> and and then this year it's not anymore. But we we oh, ganja. There we go. G ganja. ganja. So we can we can add wow. ganja to it. So weed is another one where there's a lot of people that depending on what the president says, that's how they're voting is on that one issue. Well, Trump was all about state rights. Yeah. So whether whether they were some Bernie Sanders, you that know, libertarian crossover right there, yeah, yeah, socialist. But oh boy, Trump actually is going to uh, allow my weed, <laughs> Dude, and and Kamala Harris has prosecuted more people than anybody in history. I think I'm gonna. I mean, th- there were people that 
did that. That's why I think we need viable parties, extra parties. Right. So that's what I'm saying is that I think they're kind of going to be redrawn a little bit, you know? So if the rock goes to the Democrats, he'll redraw that a little bit. And if Elon goes to the Republicans, he'll redraw that a little bit. But if the rock is able to bring a bull moose party, (laughs) you know, a tea party, uh, what's some of the other good names from Uh, the past? The the Whigs. Hey, the Whigs. There we go. You know, that was one of the first ones. Yeah. party that requires me to wear a powdered wig i might get on board with for a while just because i'm that bored right now dude that was just to hide your lice covered head back then, should i do heroin or wear a wig i gotta something's gotta get rid of my boredom you're right though i mean you and i have grown up in a in a relatively stable political universe in the united yeah. states that i think is finally, you know, Perot running in 92. That was the first time I was like, wow, a third party could really make a difference, that, maybe. That was the first time in 50 years, wasn't it? Probably well, yeah, since I mean, the Bull there Moose. Was a, there was a guy that ran, yeah, Bill Moose, exactly. For Seriously, Teddy, since for Roosevelt, Roosevelt, right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think we're going to see some fragmentation. I think we Great might see name. a Trump-esque party. I think we, I know, right, the Bull Moose party. <laughs> so good. And I think it was an accidental name. They just went with it. You know what? If The Rock does put out a party... And let's say Trump puts yeah, out a party. A people party, that's brilliant. Um, well, Trump sticker, man. And there's a lot of. I mean, you could end up with four. Yeah, it's almost making me wonder if we're going to end up with a parliament at some point in this country. You Ironically, know? the weakest party is the Democrats. Ironically, well, they haven't done that kind of fragmentation. You know, no, like if the if the and you've got if the Rock were to like go start a new party, yeah. He would lose a lot of people. Well, see, that's, I mean, I think you might end up getting additional parties just as a nature of it. I mean, if The Rock runs as a Democrat, that's going to split the Democrats. If Trump runs as a Republican again, that's going to split Republicans. He's not going to run again. Right. So what I'm saying is, is that by just nature, evolution, I think we'll start to see. Well, what's interesting about it, though, is that Musk will bring some environmentalists Mm -hmm. into the fold. Yeah, we need to mix this stuff up, like we're, you were saying. Whereas The Rock will bring in the Leonardo DiCaprio environmentalists. Oh, jeez. So it's it's. I mean, you're going to get these. Just you know, what I mean, you're going to get these subcultures splitting too, because they they're, they can no longer be a one issue because a one issue voter because now the people are splitting. The Rock and Musk. They used to be on the same team, so to speak. You know, the same. They had the same supporter. Well, now if they go in different directions, well, now people are like, "Oh crap!" Now I got to choose again. Well, yeah, it's like it's a multiple choice. You know, where it's like, okay, I like this candidate with this, but not this one with that. Oh, we're way over. Well, hey, man, you started this conversation. I know. I'm just looking. Sorry, it's like 20 I was just, minutes of the rock right here. I'm just <sighs> going with it. Sorry, buddy. Well, I got off a little bit on it's pro Friday, wrestling. Man. It's We're fun. drinking Willie coffee. We're talking about <laughs> the rock. I mean, it's good. So, you know, I would like to shout out to all of my friends down in Texas that are experiencing these rolling blackouts. That That's how we started on this. That's why we started. Sorry, go ahead. We're not trying to make light of it, but uh, we hope you stay safe and well. Coming up on the second half of the program, Stephanie Canales with Cougar Drilling, as well as DEPA and the ambassador to the Department of Energy. She'll be joining us. Uh, Jenica Hauser has done that interview, our Crude Life correspondent, as well as uh, Art Berman will be joining us as well. Stick around, folks, when we come back. What do we got? I have no idea, but when we come back, folks, we'll more as we go. right here on the Crude Life Morning Show. One more segment to go. I feel all right. Well, I'm doing okay. Well, I'm here for the moment, you know, and then I'm on my own. 
Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. It's sponsored in part by... If you have natural gas leases and are looking to sell them, Swan Energy wants to talk to you today. Give them a call at 866-539-0860. That's 866-539-0860. Swan Energy is buying up natural gas leases, and they may buy yours too. Give them a call today. The Industrial Forest. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the Industrial Forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Since you're my pineapple, baby, let me be your mango man. Welcome back to the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show. My name is Jason Spies. That is Sterling. We are in our last segment here before we hand it off to the work hard portion where we've got a Stephanie Canales. Okay, so we've, we we thought we'd talk a little music because there was a couple headlines in the news that really caught our attention for a couple of reasons. <laughs> uh, number one is my continued idol worshiping of Dolly Parton continues after I saw the Fox News headline of Dolly Parton saying, Tennessee, stop pedestalizing me. See, she thinks it's an issue too. And we'll get to that in a second. But the other one... The other news story, Sterling, get into this other news story. This one crack this one absolutely (laughs) cracks me up. First of all, folks, just for, please, if, if you do not know who Air Supply is, quickly, just grab your phone, grab your computer, Google Air Supply, click on images, and take a look at what this band looks like. Now, Could Sterling, you recommend an entry song for a uh, Air Supply I, I will virgin? not spend the money to get the licensing right to air any <laughs> amount of seconds of Air Supply's I was, music. I was just thinking if you're going to suggest a title or something, because apparently most of them constitute or have love in them, so you got to specify, right? Air Supply is probably the most iconic ballad. They'd be known as a love song, mm-hmm. as, as a love ballad. They're not quite rock. They're not no. quite cool. They're not quite all. It, it, they really were in their own category. It's hard to even know. It's sort of the transition point from soft rock <sighs> in late 70s to ballads of the metal rock of the 80s. Didn't they try to make Michael Bolton rock? God, I hope not. Kenny G, maybe? Eh. Didn't they try say Harry Connick? They tried to try to I think you're thinking more like the VH1 segment, you know, which was like your mom and dad. They they were I believe they were before VH1 air supply. Yeah. Air supply is like late 70s, right? They were kind of coming out of the disco into the whole 
anything goes uh, synthesized music era. Yeah, they were coming right in in the late seventies, early eighties, eighty, eighty one, seventy nine, I think to eighty one. Yeah, you started getting some some rock, right. some power store chord rock, yeah. but at the same time, you started getting like Devo, and you started getting Michael Jackson, new wave stuff. You started, yeah, getting maybe punk. even some uh, David Bowie influence started mm-hmm. coming in from uh, England, and you started to get some of the you know hair metal bands that yeah. that would predominate throughout the decade, and they looked like a hair metal band their look oh man air supply if you look at them folks they looked like some sort of bon jovi cover from the early 80s you ever notice how like pictures of people from like the 70s and 80s it looks like they just got up out of bed and that's what they did with their hair that day they look like yeah they look like they're walking in a wind tunnel full of (laughs) hairspray that's what they look like. no wonder the ozone layer is falling apart man (laughs) okay so uh yeah so did you hear about the latest air supply this, I just saw the headline. I just saw right? the headline. They don't hit the news very often. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the Rolling Stone and uh, MTV snubbed them. Yep, air supply on Which, why they got no love from MTV and Rolling Stone. They, and for, they were really popular. Yeah. I think well, they were number one, weren't according they? According to them, they say we were never cool and we're still not cool. But yeah, they peaked at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. They did, okay. One week before MTV debuted in August 1st, 1981. Oh, you're kidding me. And their song was All Out of Love, which it should be noted was one of about 10 songs they had that had love in the title. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so they're the hottest thing out there. MTV comes on. Never on MTV. Never. That's amazing. See now what that is? That's called a business model. Wow. Okay. MTV had a business model, and in no way did Air Supply fit that business model, even though the people said, we want to spend our money with Air Supply. As, so they were the number one song in the U.S. Casey Kasem probably announcing them, number one. I miss Casey Kasem. You know the what? The voice in of Shaggy. to that. They were deliberately overlooked by Rolling Stone. When All Out of Love was number one on Billboard, Rolling Stone wouldn't even put us in their top ten, recalls Graham Russell, the guitarist, singer, songwriter from Air Supply. We weren't admitted because, I presume, we weren't considered cool enough to be in Rolling Stone either. Uh, I just remember when I was in Pahrump, Nevada. Oh, Pahrump. Pahrump, Nevada. Spent a week week there one night. I've only driven through, so... Good they got you, the uh, Bunny Ranch, I think, right outside of town. The I wouldn't Kitty, know about that. Kitty Ranch, something like that. Nye County. Heidi Fleiss, if those of you remember Fleiss. Heidi Fleiss. Remember she's Heidi got Fleiss. a laundromat there called Dirty Laundry. Ha! For those of you that remember that joke. Anyway, yes. yeah. so uh, Otis's mother, uh, we were there, and her brother-in-law was at this place in Pahrump, too. And anyway, it was during the days of early days of Pandora. So okay. 2004-ish, 5-ish, 6-ish, let's say. Okay. And the Air Supply song comes on, all right? I'm just waiting well, to hear. Uh, Otis's mother, uh, she wanted that song back on because she's a, she's a singer. She's a lead singer in a band. And she loves the, the it's 80s. It's a ballad. Yeah, right? and it's... so she wanted to sing it. So she put it on YouTube uh, a little bit later on in that day, right? So in walks her brother-in-law, who's probably right now, I want to say, he probably just turned 40. He's maybe 39 to 42, right in that okay. age. He walks in and he goes, 
who are those chicks? They're hot. <laughs> no idea who they were. Just one look at them. Who are those chicks? They're hot. Oh, man. Wow, there's a couple of things to unpack in that. And my understanding is he's not alone. Right. He's not alone thinking that that there's a lot of people that think, you know, uh, the one dude who looks like Hall & Oates looks like Tina Fey from I, 30 Rock I with gotta, a perm. I got to admit, when I first heard them on the radio as a kid, I thought it was a man-woman duo. But it's, in fact, not. And check this out. They did actually get on VH1. Yeah, they were on VH1. In 1985. Yep. yep. That was more their style. <laughs> oh, man. So go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just saying that uh, they said, he said, we were on VH1, which was a watered down milk toast version, which is fine because we had a song of the year every year on that channel, but MTV never played us. Did you know milk toast is with a Q and not a K? You know, there's not enough Q words. I think that people just slip it in where they can. I just found that out. Yeah, I'm reading Actually, it right Actually, like, milk like in, in the last month. Somebody said milk toast, and I went to type it or whatever. I had to look it up, and it was with a Q. I didn't know that. I'm, it took me this long in my life <laughs> to know that milk toast was with a Q. Uh, isn't it nice to know you can learn something new every day? I'm trying to reduce things in my life. Right? I'm not it trying pushed, to add things. I know. Every time I learn something new, it makes me forget something old. Right. Well, oh, Dolly man. Parton asks Tennessee legislators to remove the bill to erect a statue of her on the Capitol grounds. So there's an online petition that happened in June that asked to have a statue of Dolly Parton replace those uh, dedicated to Confederate officers. Okay, okay. so this, this has got to be why it's interesting to be a Hollywood celebrity. Because the internet has allowed things to just take on a life of their own. It sounds like a lot of work. So all of a sudden, one day, you got a reporter calling you and say, Dolly, what's your opinion on the fact that the taxpayers are going to spend money to... Or all of a sudden, exactly. she's like a demonized, and yeah. she's like, what, what are you talking about? What's GoFundMe? Yeah. What's going on here? I gotta, <laughs> I'm got I'm volunteering for another children's event. I mean... Well, yeah. I mean, shoot. Half the books in my kid's library at home are I Dolly will, Parton books. I will not listen to anybody besmirch or talk ill will of Dolly Parton. Best movie ever when I was growing up, and I thought I was being pretty cool watching HBO at night when no one knew. Best little whorehouse in Texas. Her and Burt Reynolds. Classic. Great. Classic film. Good song, Islands oh. in the Sky. Islands in the Sky, Kenny Rogers. Yep. She's a treasure, man. I love Dolly. Kenny Rogers, I wouldn't watch him perform in my own living room, but <laughs> Dolly Parton, on the other hand. So, um, Dolly Parton. Five? Remember that movie? Yeah, Dabney Coleman, the guy from Cloak and Dagger. Loved that movie, man. Again, saw it as a kid, probably to drive him, but at Lily Tomlin. I actually think that was a very uh, influential social engineering to get women into the workplace a little bit. It's an interesting movie to watch now, yeah. that's for sure. Dolly Parton has asked Tennessee legislators to not move forward with installing a statue in her honor on state capitol grounds. So she doesn't want a statue. The country music legend posted a new message Thursday on Twitter asking her home state to stop the proposed bill, even though she is honored and humbled by the gesture. I want to thank the Tennessee legislature for their consideration of a bill to erect a statue of me on Capitol grounds. <laughs> I'm honored and humbled by their intention, but have asked the leaders of the state legislature to remove the bill from any and all consideration. Given all that is going on, I do not think putting me on a pedestal is appropriate Literally. at this time. Yeah. I hope Though, that's somewhere down the road several years from now, or perhaps after I'm gone, if you still 
feel I deserve it, then I certain will stand proud in our great state capital. All right, so Man, this awesome. just makes me love her even more. Yeah, me too. And what she's saying is really true, though, that we're so quick to put people on a pedestal. Think about this. They were going to put up a statue, spend taxpayer dollars, because somebody got a whim, mm-hmm. took, what, a couple hours? Is that what, what, what is a GoFundMe or a petition? An online petition takes about, what, five minutes I to mean, 30 sometimes minutes? sometimes they can just explode. Right. Almost instantly. Well, you can start a Facebook page in about six minutes, mm-hmm. okay? So in six minutes, you can get a statue erected if a bunch of state legislators find it a good idea for their campaign. Think about that. Yeah. Fo- think about well, that. Think Nobody about the, even asked her. Think about the power of that. I, that's, what I, that's what I'm trying to explain yeah. here is that they're going to use state money to erect a statue of somebody who wasn't even aware of it going. You know how they have unauthorized biographies? Yeah. Are we going to have unauthorized statues, statues? now? <laughs> You know, I thought this I saw statue was not approved by Dolly Parton. Like you. <laughs> this statue of Dolly Parton has not been approved by Dolly Parton. God bless Dolly Parton. I mean, what do you say after that? In honor of Dolly Parton? I mean, it's like the Ro- Moira Roses, Roses Moira Garden. You know, if I was gonna if I was gonna put up a statue of Dolly Parton, I think it would be like one of those ones where it's she's on a park bench and she's reading to kids or something like that, or she's got a guitar in her lap and a book. You know, I mean, I would think you would start off by saying, hey, Dolly, is it okay if we honor you with a statue? (laughs) Isn't that usually the first call you make? You you, you find out from the person. No, she said after they're dead. That's a different story. No, but it goes to what you're saying is that they don't have her number, but you can organize in about six minutes hundreds of thousands or millions of people potentially that love Dolly Parton that'll chip in for that. It's mesmerizing, man. Well, that's where you do the GoFundMe page. Yeah. You don't you don't get the taxpayers to do that. Exactly. Unless it's to honor them after they're gone. Yeah. Okay. Like what she's saying here is... She's saying exactly what you would hope somebody in her position would say. Yeah. Don't waste money doing it. I'm honored. Appreciate me when I'm gone if you I, want to. I appreciate that I'm not a cow and I'm a golden calf. Right. But stop idolizing me. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, seriously, that, that's what we're talking about well, here you know, is the idling of a golden calf. I mean, it ain't nothing new. There, this is written in the Bible, right? Yeah. I mean, this is just the same thing over and over. You know, it's somebody like Dolly Parton and going back to The Rock just here for a second. They have that humble nature. You know, they've got every reason to be self-righteous and opinionated and, uh, you know, just uh, condescending. Right. But they are not. They're still the same people. I like that. And they're doing it to replace statues of Confederate officers. So, again, this is why it's so different to me. It's like, why do you even have to put another statue? Mm-hmm. Why, why not just have an open space? Yeah. Why not put a garden there? Yeah, why not a put tree. a tree? I mean, why does it have to be a statue? Maybe we should get Dolly Parton. We should pitch her something on this industrial forest. Very narrow thinking. That's all. It's just. It's kind of sad, actually. But um, anyway, turn it into the city's smallest park. (laughs) That. Well, what else do we got? Okay, so I got to bring this up real quick. The Philadelphia Eagles will trade 
quarterback Carson Wentz. And yeah, that Oklahoma came in late yesterday, right? To Indianapolis Colts for two draft picks. So the Philadelphia Eagles have agreed to trade Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for a 2021 third round draft pick and a conditional 2022 second round pick that could turn into a first rounder. Guys, can you imagine the the mechanics that goes into these contracts. Eagles will receive the 85th overall pick in this year's draft, and the conditional second rounder can become a first rounder based on Wentz's playing time. So, wow. Join with Frank Reich again. Yep. They'll take a 30, the Eagles will take a $33.8 million dead cap hit, the largest dead cap hit any team has ever taken for a player. And the Colts will assume the balance of his Wentz's $128 million extension. Wow. Wentz. Hey, well, Colts were one step away, man. I mean, they were they were a good team this year. Phillip Rivers stepped in, did they his Phillip Rivers thing. They got a great defense. But what they needed, that's what they need. And Wentz, I mean, sh- dude, before he went down in 2017 on that year, that magical year for the Eagles, he was it was like watching a, a more precise young Brett Favre. I'd like to see him be successful. He has some of the worst uh, quarterback mechanics. I think. Uh, yeah, it's it's something to do with uh, he just does a lot of dink and dunks. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go downfield much. He can't. It's he's something's missing now, and so they're saying he's very limited. And because he's limited now, it's just not he's not as valuable as he once was. Well, yeah. I, I think he'll end up being a head coach quicker rather than later. I hope it's more like a Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill. You know, come out of the Dolphins where he had some good years, but for the most part was on a downward trend. Nobody thought he was going to do anything. Boom. He's had the Titans close to a Super Bowl two years in a row. So, yeah. It's pretty cool, though. You know, I'm, I'm happy to see Wentz going someplace else. I think Philadelphia in doing this, though, is basically assuming this season's a write-off. You know? Think so? I don't think so. I, I think know. they think they're going to be a contender with well, this got, young guy, Jalen Hurts. Hurts. Yep, Jalen Hurts. He, he was great. Yeah, I mean, he was he was good. The stuff that I read, and I'm by no means an expert, but on the the sites that I go to, Deadspin, ESPN, those types of sites, they tend to talk about. Uh, you know, they're not sure overall what his ceiling is. You know, but they feel like he's probably more a good backup rather than a good full time. You know, like come in, play good four or five games but not somebody to lead for a whole season. We'll see. I think he'll be an upgrade, and I think the Eagles are going to be an upgrade because I do believe when you've got kind of a a cancer, Mm -hmm. which Carson Wentz was, uh, you saw the teammates came out later, right, and said he he was not the leader and he was kind of a bully and passive-aggressive and all this other stuff. Um, And they bailed on the team right away and all this other stuff. Um, Selfish is the thing I keep hearing yeah. more often than not. Well, he's got his own self-interest. I get that. Yeah, but you're supposed to put the team first to win the Super Bowl. Well, that's how you win. Yeah. You know? That's why Brady has seven rings. Especially if you're a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Right. So, well, look at what Drew Brees did. Drew Brees said, not only will I renegotiate, I'm going to take the league veteran minimum. Yeah. So he's just $2 million bucks or whatever the case yeah. is. It's not about money at that and, point. And you know Ben Roethlisberger who's in the middle of restructuring his contract, probably threw his six rings. <laughs> or how many rings has he got? One or two? No, he's only got two. Has he got two? He's only got, got, two. got only two. two. He threw those right at the screen when he found out yeah. because he's like going, that's probably what they want me to do now yeah. because I'm considered the same as Drew Brees, old and washed up when Ben Roethlisberger probably looks at him more like Brady. Yeah. Because Roethlisberger, he's still got a 
Cannon of a arm, doesn't he? Yeah, but it, you know, one of the things. I mean, I've watched Ben since he came into the league, and I'm a Steelers fan, and he had that mobility of 240 pounds sliding around the field and a cannon arm. Was he Miami of Ohio? Miami, Ohio. <laughs> I don't know. He was up in the. He was a. He was a MAC conference was guy. He? Yeah, was he? Yeah, yeah, I do. But you know, he was. He he definitely when he when he was able to combine his mobility with that strength. You know, he was uh, he was fun to watch. But no, this year. I mean, this year I had no confidence in their eleven zero run. Miami of Ohio University. Nice call, man. Had to look that up quick. Wow, two thousand and four. Boo! He was drafted that long ago. Two thousand and four. Absolutely. Yeah. Otis wasn't even born yet. Dude, I still have a football video game from when he's a rookie, so it's always 2004. By the way, I was looking at some of the – we only got a few minutes left, and we're going we're gonna to hand it off. But uh, next week, we got to talk about some of the shell companies. Uh, I was looking at uh, – while well, I was on in, in the hotel room, mm-hmm. looking at some of the uh, shell company business plans – <laughs> that are available to look at. And somebody had a great idea about the uh, um, 80s technology challenge. Oh, yeah. Remember the Pepsi challenge? Yeah. Well, the idea was is you, you get a box kit, like the road trip and the sleepover kit and the mm-hmm. birthday kit, and it's comprised of 80s technology, and you got to see how long your kids will go. <laughs> and whatever kid goes the longest gets the prize. Oh, man. I thought, What's the prize? More tablet time? <laughs> I don't know. The, I didn't make it that far. I was laughing too much. <laughs> I thought, hey, this has kind of got Pet Rock written all over it, but it probably worked because we got to talk about that next yeah, that's, week. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, because, I mean, I, was, I started thinking about, oh, boy, a deck of cards was all we got in some trips. That was it. We Did had to. You could probably sell like one of those monthly crate kits to people of our generation if it just came with like scrunchies, a pair of vans, maybe a swatch. Right, something right. like that. Yeah. Invisible ink Invisible games. Ink. <laughs> Scratch and stiff stickers. All right, folks, that's going to do it here for the Play Hard, Work Hard morning show. We're going to hand it off to the Work Hard portion coming up next. That is Sterling. My name is Jason Space, and we'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Snow's following, starting to blow. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Robert shining with the marquee sound. Frozen cobblestone reflects the night. Riding up the smile face with other people passing by. It's Broadway shining with the marquee sound. Frozen cobblestone reflects the night. Small city, it's a, a big time life. I'm walking, I'm talking, I'm smoking, I'm joking with the people that I know. I'm thinking, I'm drinking, I'm spinning, I'm grinning. Oh, my 
The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. It's sponsored in part by... If you have natural gas leases and are looking to sell them, Swan Energy wants to talk to you today. Give them a call at 866-539-0860. That's 866-539-0860. Swan Energy is buying up natural gas leases, and they may buy yours too. Give them a call today. Industrial forest. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Time now to work hard on the Swan Energy phone lines. Good day to you friends and listeners. My name is Jenica and we today get to talk with the lovely Stephanie Canales with Cougar Drilling Solutions. How are you doing today, Stephanie? I'm doing fabulous, Jenica. How are you? Oh, just wonderfully. Uh, I know that we got to to talk just a little bit before starting to record and uh, love to mention how thankful that I am for the oil and gas industry right now. Staying warm inside. Absolutely. I know it's something um, we definitely can't take for granted. It's a, a little luxury and I'm glad everyone who has the ability to take advantage of that can do so and stay warm and toasty at home. Oh, definitely. And you you probably have some really unique insight into what's been going on in the industry during this time working with Cougar Drilling Solutions. Would you like to tell everyone a little bit about what it is that you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I've been with Cougar Drilling. um, I just actually hit my one-year anniversary uh, this week. And, um, you know, when I I took on my position with Cougar, um, I wanted to to learn a more technical side of the drilling business and oil and gas uh, downhole drilling tools. So this really just seemed like the perfect fit. And really, it's it's been really exciting. Um, I've learned a lot of uh, new technical aspects of drilling, and it's just opened my eyes to um, how far drilling technology has come and how efficient our industry is in doing more with less. So it's been great being with Cougar. I've got a fantastic team with me, and um, I'm just thankful that I'm here for the ride. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure that they are, too. It was such a rough (laughs) time. It's probably very nice to have such brilliant minds on the team. I hear that uh, you've got a bit of experience even before coming to to Cougar. Uh, But Cougar, it looks to me like you guys pretty much take care of it all. from the drilling itself to the data collection, the implementation and utilizing of the data after the fact, and then uh, making the bits and everything else, you know, for other other companies to use. Am I am I about right on with that? Or yeah, for sure. Um, you know, drill, Cougar Drilling is is an international company, and there's many different arms that you know we delve into as far as um, drilling tools. But in in the U.S., North America, we're uh, rental tools. So we've got shocks, jars, mechanical thrusters, roller reamers. Um, so we offer a lot of tools that really help to mitigate shock and vibration. 
um, related damages to uh, the downhole BHA uh, drill string apparatus. So it's it's great. I, I'm happy that I've got an opportunity to learn more about the business and and be with Cougar. Um, they've been around for 50 years. So fantastic company, great people, um, great tools, and yeah, it's it's been a great ride so far. And a year in, I I just couldn't speak more highly of the company. Well, first of all, congratulations and happy anniversary. Thank you very that much. Is, that is definitely due. Um, <laughs> Made it. <laughs> yes. Hopefully, hopefully, and now we'll we'll be sailing on to brighter days ahead. Hopefully, um, of course. <laughs> but in this last year, I mean, I can't possibly think of a more tumultuous time to be stepping into that that portion of the industry. What was what was your experience from beginning to now? I mean, where did you see yourself in the beginning? That had to have been terrifying, right? All all, all of everything kind of going yeah, nuts. Are, are, are you referring to just, you know, yeah, because when I started a year ago um, in Colorado, at least about a week after I I made the official announcement was was lockdown. So um, things were changing rapidly. And, you know, like everybody else, just trying to kind of keep pace with with all of the changes and, you know, seeing a lot of the rigs and the people that I had traditionally worked with throughout the Rockies um, evaporate very quickly. So it was a very uncertain time and um, really just kind of had to shake and move and kind of keep up with all the different changes and as things consolidated, you know, I just look for ways to, to to keep useful and expand my knowledge as quickly as possible to try to add value to the company. And I can definitely say, you know, a year later, um, I, I, I would say not to try to stress too much about some of the small stuff now looking back. But at the same time, I think um, kind of going through that obviously makes you a little bit tougher. And I don't, I don't just speak for myself. I think a lot of people can agree with that sentiment is just, uh, you know, you just got to go through these hard times and you learn a lot through the process. So um, where I'm at now, um, you know, in a good position. And I think I've learned a lot and I think the company is well positioned. So um, it was scary at first, but, you know, now that things seem a bit more stable, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of creative juices that flow in the last year. And now's the time to kind of capitalize that moving forward. Yeah. So do you have uh, any big ideas or projects that uh, Cougar Drilling is going to be looking to kind of move forward with right now? Yeah, no, there's a lot of exciting things that that Cougar has on the horizon. Um, We're really kind of buffering up our our marketing campaign on that side. So we're going to roll that out soon. And I won't kind of take away the thunder from that. But uh, stay tuned. Cougar's definitely got some things uh, shortly on the radar to, to roll out with. So it'll be exciting. I can't wait to share that when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we'll have to uh, get a statement from you or something then uh, so we can let everyone on the crew life know about it as well. Although I'm sure Jason Speece is going to be <laughs> well in the know as far as that goes. He keeps, I, I don't even know how he keeps track of so many things. He's, He's on done. it. Yes, yeah, he is. I'm, I'm pretty thankful for, for the opportunity, actually, because uh, I, I previously I've been working on a radio station. So this is this has been very fun for me to be able to get uh, my own kind of in-depth look into the industry. And I probably would not have gotten such a good view had it not been for the opportunity from Jason. Um, with Have you gotten any kind of neat opportunities presented to you in the last year? 
You know, it's funny you ask that because, you know, when I started with Cougar, um, I was really just, I was so focused on, on just learning the business and I did. Um, but it's funny how different opportunities arise when, you know, you are under pressure. Um, I, I would say, well, one thing I've been involved with for at least the last couple of years, since 2017, um, I've been with an organization called DEPA, um, which I'm not sure many people know of, but it stands for the Domestic Energy Producers Alliance. And um, this was founded by Chairman Harold Hamm, which many people might know is of Continental Resources. Um, so DEPA represents a bunch of small producers and service providers, and uh, I've been on you know, a board member for quite a few years. And then this year, uh, recently promoted to board director. So I've been serving on the membership committee, which really kind of, um, was easy for me to jump into with my business development background. So, um, attracting and retaining members. Uh, and then I've recently jumped into the ESG committee and I wanted to be a part of the ESG committee really to more learn about, um, a lot of ESG topics, you know, it's kind of a trending thing right now. A lot of investors and companies are looking into adopting ESG as part of, you know, their, their business plans moving forward. So it's just something I wanted to, um, I was curious about and I wanted to learn more of. So, um, DEPA has been a really great platform to kind of just learn more about oil and gas on a different side of things. So that's been really great to be a part of. Um, and also more recently, um, the Department of Energy approached me and um, Director James Campos um, asked if I would be an ambassador uh, representing the Rockies and Millennial Group. Um, and really, uh, this this whole organization of you know the equity and energy program that Director Campos developed, um, we're trying to bring awareness to you know the seven different pillars. Uh, of STEM enhancement, technical assistant, workforce development, energy affordability, and supplier diversity. And so there's a bunch of different ambassadors. Um, I'm one of them. And we're just kind of acting to serve as megaphones to help amplify these different pillars, you know, to the public and to women, minorities, people of different backgrounds. So, you know, in the past year, there have been a lot of exciting things, you know, learning about downhole drilling tools with Cougar, um, getting more involved with DEPA and, um, you know, learning about ESG and just meeting different people within the industry through the membership committee. And then also with the Department of Energy's equity and energy program, which is really important for, you know, our future and the workforce pipeline that we need to create um, for future generations of people working in the energy industry. Wow, that is that is so much. Yeah, Congratulations. <laughs> that is amazing, though. That's really cool. So as an ambassador, you're working directly with the Department of Energy, right? Yeah, yeah. So that there's is... a lot of different people involved. But, um, you know, that's what's actually so wonderful about it is, is the exposure to meet uh, people from different energy backgrounds, from different um, levels of organizations, um, people in government. You know, I've worked for for small uh, private companies, you know, my entire career. So it's great to be able to collaborate with people on the government side and to learn more about, you know, how we can kind of bridge our talents and help more people get into energy. Um, because, you know, it's a national security issue to 
you know, be energy independent and have people competent and qualified to be able to carry out the jobs, you know, in the U.S. So it's really important. And I'm just I'm tickled to be a part of it. Oh, absolutely. That's got to be incredibly exciting. What, what do you what do you get to feel then? Um, just just based off of what you've kind of learned about it so far? What's the, the kind of feeling that you get from up on the hill in regards to where the oil and gas industry is going to go from here? Because they've already taken away our independence as at this moment in time. Do you think that maybe recent events might might change the tone so that we can move forward with a little bit more balance? Or how do you think that's going to play out? Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, um, I see those sentiments everywhere. And I think that, you know, no matter what, there's a lot of challenges. Um, there always has been, and there continue, there will always be those challenges ahead. And as Harold Ham has said in a couple of our internal meetings with DEPA, he says, you know, the, the bad times never last. And that's something I have always taken away that, that he's mentioned quite a few times. And, you know, he leaves us feeling more optimistic about the industry ahead. So, you know, while we have some challenges to deal with, I think that, um, you know, you haven't really been in oil and gas until you've, you know, gone through, you know, a little rough patch. So I think <laughs> it kind of makes you it makes you tough. And, um, you know, it's 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 not fun to go through, but you definitely evolve and you go through growth periods and um, with some of the recent um, things happening in Washington and around us, uh, it's definitely posing challenges. But I think, you know, nobody is more capable than the oil and gas industry to rise to that challenge and innovate once again. I mean, that's what we're really good at doing. So um, I'm really proud to be a part of this industry because, you know, you throw us a uh, you throw us a curveball, we'll find a way to to give you a home run. I don't think that anyone could ever make the mistake of saying that any of the oil field men and women uh, are are anything but total pillars of strength. It's not an easy industry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it definitely uh, it makes you a little tough. But you know, I wouldn't have it any other way, and I, I think a lot of other folks would agree. Oh, I'm sure of it. Um, I was curious if. If you are interested in talking about those pillars, I know that uh, you'd said that one of the motivations was to help try and uh, educate people or let them know about these different various pillars. Would you mind going back over those a little bit so that we could hear of course. a little bit more? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, no, one of them, um, one that I would want to touch on and I think it's really important is, is STEM enhancement. Um, I, I don't have the exact figures off the top of my head, but, you know, the number of women getting into STEM programs has has increased, but not by very much. And so, you know, as as we kind of evolve in our workforce, you know, women are becoming um, more prevalent and in different roles and in all fields of energy. You know, it's important that we really highlight STEM enhancement as as an option for for women to kind of get more interested in. Um, so, you know, I want to just say, we have 17 national labs across the U.S., and I'm not sure, you know, how known that is to a lot of people. Um, I know I, I've in Colorado and Golden, we have NREL, the National Renewable Energy Laboratory. Um, and, you know, before pre-pandemic days, you know, they would have these open days where people can go and um, like kind of like student workforce shadowing days. 
and people could learn more about, you know, the inner workings of what happens there. And that's just one lab amongst many across the U.S. And I think if we can, um, you know, just bring more awareness and the interest and access to these different entities across the U.S., um, you know, we can really buffer up people to get interested in different STEM programs that can help people get jobs at these different labs or in different sectors of the energy industry, whether it's oil and gas, whether it's geothermal, um, you know, whatever industry pertaining to, you know, energy fields. So STEM enhancement is is one thing I think that within the seven pillars uh, is really important for us as ambassadors to really be a megaphone um, to get more people interested in. And I actually had noticed that there's been a lot more talk about uh, STEM programs, at least in the Midwest here, in the, you know, in the last couple of years. Um, I, even when I was on the radio, there was a day that I would, you know, dedicate toward advancements in, in different parts of technology or or mathematics or engineering, right? Because there's always so much going on. But uh, I looked at the statistic, 28% of the workforce is all that women make up in uh, in yes. the STEM area. So, yeah, th- th- there is a, a vast difference in number of men versus women. When we're thinking about women in the oil field industry, though, um, well, I, I actually, you know, there's probably even some people, I hate to say it, that don't much even think of it. Um, my grandfather is 95 years old, for example, and he was <laughs> shocked to find out that there was, you know, women out working in the fields. <laughs> yeah, boy, have the times changed, you know. Yeah. Um, it's funny because you're right. Yeah, the the STEM, the w- women in STEM programs is quite low, and and then as far as just women in you know oil and gas, I mean, there's there's not very many, and so a lot of people are kind of shocked when you know they see a woman rolling up to a location and she hops out with her hard hat and her steel toed boots, and um, you know that's just this changing times. And I think more women are seeing other women in this industry and it's kind of just breaking down the traditional mindset of like, well, you know, maybe that's a job I can do. And there's different jobs available for women in all sorts of different capacities within oil and gas, you know, and if it's not in STEM, it's, it's definitely in in other areas, um, you know, like myself in sales and business development, you know, I never thought for one, I would ever be in oil and gas and two in a sales role. Um, but now that I'm in it, you know, this is something I really enjoy and I definitely see as, you know, a lifelong career path. So um, I guess, you know, if you want to do it, you know, we can definitely help make it happen. And, and there's other women and great mentors out there that can help kind of carve and show the path forward. Uh, Actually, you know, and of any of the women that I've heard working in the industry, the ones that go for it, they they really kind of... From what I understand, they show them what it means to be a woman working their butt off. So it's 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 not as uncommon as some people might think. And I think that it would be it would be kind of interesting if more ladies were to look into the different roles and positions throughout the industry. Because, like you said, not all of it's even having to do with manual labor. Sometimes it's yeah, you know, being being a a megaphone for what pillars the company or the industry does stand for. Sometimes that is an incredibly important role. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of different areas that that women can contribute. And I really think that adds significant value in the energy field just to have women's 
thoughts, perspectives, educational backgrounds, you know, personal life backgrounds involved in, in just, you know, oil and gas or whatever energy industry field it might be. So yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. That is so neat. I, um, I guess I, I kind of wanted to ask you and I'm trying to figure out how to work it in there. I, I'd heard that, uh, <laughs> You are also looking to connect with youth. So it's not just connecting with people and kind of educating and and letting them know about what's actually happening in the industry. But I had heard that you are also looking towards connecting with youth. What what kind of projects? What do you what have you got going on in that area? Terrible segue, so, but <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Let's just jump right into it. Um, I mean, it really does kind of wrap into you know the Department of Energy's goals in you know their equity and energy trying to reach people of different backgrounds women and such and so forth you know but where we're really going to be able to reach people is when they're youth when they're children you know we want to start creating this um awareness at a very young age and you know there's a lot of ways we can do this um there's a lot of collaborating um labs across the US that you know have these student internship days, you know, so um, as I'm newer to as an ambassador, I I need to learn more about how this actually plays out. But um, these are things that that were going on for quite a long time. And I know that they want to continue. These days they are more virtual because of um, uh, COVID and all, but um, hopefully eventually we get back to where we can have more of these student internship days where we can get, you know, younger people involved in, in going to these labs and, and checking them out and kind of seeing what happens and the inner workings of, of what plays out day to day. Um, so I encourage everyone to actually go check out, you know, the Department of Energy's website um, and to check out these labs, too, because they're really quite fascinating and we should um, – be able to highlight those to people and, you know, gain more exposure to the younger crowd and, and have them interested in, in what we have available. Oh, absolutely. So many different facets to look into. Absolutely. Well, I guess, is there anything else that you think that people would really like to or should know about that's been going on or that you've got coming up? Anything that you would be excited to share? Um, yeah, actually, you know, I just want to encourage people to, you know, again, check out the Department of Energy's website, um, check out our national labs. Um, DEPA, as far as DEPA is concerned, you know, we are doing webinars. In fact, it's something we started back in the summer. Uh, if anybody's interested to kind of just learn a little bit more about oil and gas and the inner workings of, you know, things that we have going on in the future, you know, we've had some great guests in the past and, you know, now moving forward, we're having these monthly chats with the CEO of DEPA, Jerry Simmons, and um, I'm actually going to be on next month. So if anyone's interested, uh, yeah, we'll be on next month. We have the videos featured on YouTube. Um, But yeah, we've got great things. Cougar's got some exciting things rolling out. DEPA's got some great things um, just to kind of keep the public informed of all the things going on in the oil and gas world. And then the Department of Energy, um, there's just, there's so much, there's bountiful information available to people. And we want to just share that so that people have those resources, uh, to be able to take advantage of what's available and learn more and get into a fantastic industry, you know, energy, oil and gas, whatever you have an interest in. I mean, there's something for everybody. So I encourage everybody to check that out. Oh, absolutely. 
And if and if if you have any questions as to how how vast the industry can be, even just taking a look at the Cougar Drilling Solutions website, I was pretty darn impressed. It looked like you've got like geo engineers and stuff that you've got to have. There's, I mean, geothermal drilling, and then there's this, the the uh, reading the energies and the plates and stuff. I mean, gosh, no, it's exciting. I mean, Cougars. Um Cougar's involved with a lot of different drilling capacities. And I think one really exciting part of that is geothermal drilling. And um, again, that really just highlights the innovation of oil and gas and how we're able to apply our technology um, and, and talent of, you know, the people working in oil and gas into just, you know, mainstream energy. So um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. And um, I'm happy to be at the center of it and help kind of highlight, you know, what there is available for people to, you know, become interested in. Sounds like you are a wonderful woman for that job. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And busy. (laughs) But I love it. I can only imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even being busy, I really do appreciate the time that you took to talk with me about it today. I Gosh, there was so much. You are, I can only imagine how busy you are, involved in so much. That's incredible. But, you know, I love it, though. And um, I think I, I do it because it's it's interesting and it's exciting. And, you know, obviously, if if, if I can get interested in it, um, I, I want to help someone else become interested in, and find a really great, fulfilling career path. And that's, I guess that's my goal is to just kind of help highlight those facets. And really, if anyone can, anyone can do it, you know, we have the tools to be able to help. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Love the tenacity. Love the brilliance. (laughs) The drive is awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today, Stephanie. I very much appreciate it. Of course, Jenica, anytime. And um, yeah, I think we could have definitely segmented it a whole hour, but we'll just have more to chat about next time. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And if you have any fun, fun projects or anything that you want to get out there, just let me know. I will. That sounds wonderful. Again, thanks so much, Jenica. Thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Take care. All right, my friends, that was Stephanie Canales with Cougar Drilling Solutions. And what a brilliant mind. I hope you enjoyed all of the information that she just laid out for us. If you want more information, as she had said, make sure to go check out that Department of Energy website. Um, There will be links in the show notes. And if you like what you heard, you can find more great content across the rest of thecrudelife.com. Exclusive interview industry news environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com Music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River The Crude Life.
with Jason Spies. Thank you for joining the program today. You know, I, I come from an oil background. My family's been in the oil and gas industry for 60 years. I, I think the thing with the younger generation is the younger generation has pretty much bought into the climate change phenomenon. They really believe everything that people tell them. We just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us and especially you, Jason. Without without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. So I, I don't want to be real critical of them because being a guy who's, you know, dad has several small businesses and, and coming from that sort of small business background, I get it. I mean, the, the, the operators here were put in a real bad position by the state of North Dakota. I'm glad that we've got people like you to pay attention and bring us information on stuff like this. Prices can't go any lower for services. I, I, they're, they're too low right now. I, our margins are in the single percentage point if we're lucky, and we're not lucky that often. You're exactly right. ESG is becoming more and more important to shareholders. I can see for my 20 companies, they take it very serious. It makes perfect sense, and I thought you had a really good show last week. Jason, I love your inquisitive questions because you you ask important questions that, that lead to the most important truths. Hey, this is Kevin Kramer representing proudly the state of North Dakota in the United States Senate. Talking to Jason Spies, who's like the best energy interviewer in the world. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. We all like living the crude life, so... <laughs> The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with J.P. Warren with Capital Petroleum Consultants out of Texas, who's been without water and power for several days now. In just a moment, part of our exclusive interview with J.P. Warren right here on the Crude Life Daily Update. Look, I think this is an excellent opportunity. Uh, and the thing is, I would like to say, oh, this would be great to go back and kind of reset the narrative and kind of tell our story. That being said, I was thinking about this last night. We are not in charge of our narrative. You know, that's one of the reasons why we don't watch the news uh, in this ha- in this household, because I find all that it's, it's written for you. It tells you what to think. It tells you what to feel about certain industries, certain things, certain uh, certain topics. So we kind of stay away from that. And, you know, I'm thinking about this. It's like, Look, at the end of the day, this if anything, yes, this highlights the not just the importance of fossil fuels, but the importance of every energy, uh, whether it's renewables, whether it's wind, solar, fossil fuels, coal, whatever it is. I mean, this this if anything, this shouldn't this shouldn't be like a, a renewables table versus a fossil fuels table. If anything, this should highlight the, the, the importance of saying, OK, well, we we are sitting at the same table. We are we are sit, we provide energy just like everyone else does we're sitting at the same table not only do we belong at the table but we 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 need to have a voice at the table we are actually because look the renewable the renewable push and the renewable technology that's here that's getting here and that's fine i'm okay with that but the assumption that we can just make that switch as you were saying from one day to the next you know it's just turn on the you know the wind turbines and we'll just go you know We'll just go 50% wind, you know, moving forward. That's that's just not here right now. So if anything, I would hope, I would hope that this actually um, uh, makes, uh, and, and, and I, I'm not even phrase this right. It, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's not a their table versus our table. This is like, we belong at, they belong at the energy table. So we can all discuss how to provide energy 
to, to American families that need it at an affordable rate. To listen to the full-length interview with J.P. Warren with Capital Petroleum Consultants or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our ever-growing army of social media energy enthusiasts at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is a exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com.